0: Welcome everyone to Coffee Break. Happy Monday! You're watching Unsafe Space. I'm Carter, and I'm joined by Carrie. Let's see if this is going to work. Here we have new software. Does it work? You should see both of us now. Uh, there might be some pilot error over the next couple of days because I am learning new software, so I apologize. But uh, it's not the tech anymore. It's just me. Everything is my problem now.
1: Carter has a new computer.
0: I do. It took there's, a long time to set up.
1: There's a low humming sound that I can hear. I don't know if everybody else can hear it, but that's okay.
0: You're on different audio and actually a different camera than everyone else. Uh, so okay. So someone's saying they can barely hear you, but they have to say who they can barely hear. Otherwise, we don't know. Oh, is it Car- Carter? soft. Well, I can turn up my, I can turn up my gain. Is Carter better now? I don't know. Um, I can turn it up even more, perhaps. Is that better? There you go. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is we're off to a great start. Happy New Year. <laughs> it's the
1: COVID. it is it is the COVID. No I'm kidding. You know already always who sneezes now and they say it's not the COVID. I'm just gonna start it's saying just the it COVID.
0: is it's the COVID. <laughs> it is the COVID.
1: Um, uh welcome. If it's your first time here. We have new technology. We have a new computer on Carter's end because it crashed at the end of 2020. Mm-hmm. And uh, you you are watching Unsafe Space. This is a live show that we do on Mondays and Fridays where we interact with the community and hang out and talk about what's been in the news or what's on our minds. And uh, we also have another series called Deprogram, which is specifically about social justice ideology, um, although we do get into that sometimes in the live show necessarily because of what's happening in the world. Um, and then we do some standalone interviews. We got to interview Peter Schiff. We put that out over the break and that was all about, it was a very concise one. It was a 30 minute episode about, uh, economics and about what to expect in the economy in the coming year. And even if you're a person like myself, who's not, I would say enthused about conversations about the economy, it was
2: fascinating.
1: And you, Hmm. Yeah, but you can get through it. You can get it it you will enjoy it even if you're like me. Uh, that was a great one. And we have some others that are coming out soon. So I hope you stay tuned. Thanks for joining us today.
0: Yes. And by the way, people are noticing that uh we have the chat thing in the bottom. Beverly says she hates it. We can switch to not the chat thing in the bottom. It goes away. I'm still playing around Alex- with the software. So I'm putting the chat bot there or the chat uh chat window there and Beverly can just complain. Uh
1: I don't
0: like it either. either? Let that be known. All right. I'm outvoted. All right. i will take it off. Supposedly, super chats are supposed to work. There we go. Look, a super chat worked. All right. We'll leave the super chat bar up. Uh, From Jersan Riv gives us 50 unknown currencies, MX currencies, and says, Sorry if I'm related to today's topics, but I want to take. I want your take on Ryan Long's video when wokes and racists actually agree on everything. It's a great one. Yeah, uh, I agree. It's great. It's funny. If you haven't seen it, Carrie, you know which video uh, he or she is talking yes. about. Yes, it's,
1: it's very funny, and it is. Uh, it's funny because it's true. They do agree on most. Uh, you know, there's. A, we should do a. We should do a game show. Essentially, you know, is this problematic or woke? Because there are so many things that you would think they would say are problematic, but they've now become come full circle and have become woke. Like for example, um being opposed to interracial dating is now super woke.
0: <laughs> <laughs> of course it is.
1: <laughs> and I think Ryan Long hit on that in that video. So uh yeah, that was a really funny yeah. video.
0: Uh someday white capes wanted, with white hood white hoods will be woke the woke the woke attire.
1: They are so they're so, uh, they don't even, they, they're so disconnected from reality and unmoored and ungrounded that they do things like that. I'm in a social justice group in my uh, small town here in Texas, as you know, just to see what they're up to. And they've been pushing for the past, ever since BLM and ever since BLM took social justice mainstream in the summer of this past year, they have been pushing to remove a statue um, at our courthouse in the town square. And the statue is uh, for veterans of the war, Confederate veterans. Oh, yeah. And so they want to have the statue honoring those deceased soldiers taken down. And they're out there every week. They're out there several times a week protesting. They have BLM booths and everything. And so there's a local group here of some type of veterans of the Confederacy group. Um, I forget what the name is, but they go out there and they, some of them dress in Confederate attire and they set up an opposing table every Saturday and they try and give out uh, information about, you know, what the civil war was about and why they want to honor veterans, even if they were in the Confederacy. And so in this group I'm in, somebody shared a photo of them from this past Saturday. And they're like, look at this photo of these KKK people. Like they're calling them KKK, even though they're not. They're not. You're calling them something they're not. Just talk about what they are. But but they always have to take it, because what they are is not offensive enough. They have to say, Oh, these are just like the KK. and they're and they're calling them racist and stuff. Although they don't point to anything they've said or believe or advocate on behalf of that's racist. They just call them as you know. They just blanket call them racist. And they're like, why has this become so popular and commonplace to dress like Confederate soldiers and stand here on the Saturdays? I'm like, are you are you dumb? They're doing it because of what you're doing. <laughs> they wouldn't be out there. They were never out there. They were never out there until you went out there. So. Do you really not understand why this is happening? You are causing this. You are causing this. And so they're really upset that these people are out there um, trying to keep the statue uh, where it is and that some of them are dressing like Confederate soldiers. And so this is what they're suggesting in the group, Carter. They're all planning now. They're like, we should all dress in KKK robes and go stand next to them next Saturday. And I'm like, you're... You're seriously in a group that you say you're against racism and you're going to go dress like the Klan and stand on the square? What is wrong with you? Do you know who's,
2: you're hey, you not who saying like anything the clan. about
1: this. The Klan. <laughs> <laughs> the Klan. That's how crazy these people are. We're, we're dressed like the Klan. Why? Because we want to end racism.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <gasps> boggles the mind. It's a few two neurons it firing the in there for some of the yeah. people. But <sighs> I don't know, Carrie. I don't know.
1: Happy New Year.
0: Happy New Year, <laughs> Happy New Year to you. <laughs> I was camping for several days and uh, completely out of cell phone contact. And even though it rained most of the time, it was very nice to be out of cell phone contact.
1: like off the grid i i think that's awesome yeah i'm glad you got
0: yeah i gotta say it's uh you don't realize how much your life is built around your phone or like it was it was nice and it was nice to get my wife off of her cell phone that was probably even better so uh i recommend going off the grid if you can I forgot that I liked camping. I'm just gonna for the new year, that's my new year's resolution now I'm gonna go camping more because it's great. yeah uh-huh.
1: And also i um, just unplugging in general, even if you don't go camping and go off the grid like uh my fella he, he he watches a lot of documentaries and reads a lot of biographies and he's always ingesting knowledge. and during this Christmas break, he was sort of feeling guilty because he's watching a lot of frivolous entertainment. <laughs> and like the new season of Cobra Kai is out and stuff like that. I'm like, Oh, come on. Like you, it's just, you've just taken off a month. It's not that big of a deal. It's actually good for you to take off from, from keeping up with the news. Cause he also listens to a lot of podcasts and stuff like we all do. And it's like, sometimes you just have to take a break from that so you can come back to it and be refreshed. Yep. And there's nothing wrong with frivolity. If it's intermittent as, long as long Carter intermittent. likes to say. Yeah. Yes.
0: Uh, we should say a few things before we, Dive into anything else. Um, A, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Uh, Hope everyone had a great New Year's. Uh, We are back and we're gonna try and build the channel a little bit more before we get banned from YouTube. So please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And you should probably go to unsafespace.com and give us your email address. We don't use it, we don't send newsletters out, we don't send you promotional materials, (laughs) we don't do anything. We only communicate to you when we can't be on YouTube telling you where you will be. So we've used it a total of once when we were suspended from YouTube, telling people, go to the other YouTube channel. Uh, And we will use it in the future when we're suspended again. So don't forget to do that. And book club coming up January 24th, uh, Cynical Theories.
1: Do I have it? Book Club is is this month. We're doing nonfiction. We're doing Cynical Theories by Helen Pluckrose and James Lindsay. And we're so excited to tell you that they are going to join us. This is the first time we're going to have the authors of the book in Book Club. I don't know if they they will be there the whole time. They might just come for a Q&A. We're still figuring it out. But uh, that should be really exciting if, if you guys yeah. want to uh, get some questions in for them. And uh, yeah, January 24th. You still have time to join and read the book. Time.
0: I haven't started the book myself, so yeah. And I'm a great example. Uh, so,
1: <laughs> well, and then just to say, I w- I just want to say thank you. In case they're watching, I haven't looked at the super chat yet, but uh, I got my package of things ah. from Carter. Oh,
0: you oh you're wearing was, one of your things. Yeah, yeah. Yes,
1: and it was it's an excellent package of Christmas presents, and I just want to say thank you. Sandy Kins made me this hat, made me two hats like this one, and they're she made it with Marie Busky's yarn from um skeins and yarn in New Zealand and I don't know how I still don't understand what you knitters do to felt something but I think it involves I think it involves knitting the hat really big and then shrinking it
0: oh really and is that's that how and then you get a felt,
1: is made? felt yes I think so and then you get a felt hat. Oh but they're beautiful. I love them. Thank you. I also got a flat cap from Pirate Tomsky for Christmas. Thank you Pirate Tomsky. And uh and uh Kelly sent me a a, a little Catholic book and um and then and then Chris in the chat, I think he's probably here today. He made a mug with his dog Rico <laughs> on it and Tigers on the other side and it says Tiger Rico 2024 exposing canine fragility one bark at a time. <laughs> so nice. anyway, I fully really appreciate it. It was a box of fun. So I hope, I, I hope everybody had a good Christmas. It was, I had a good one. It was, it was restful. Yeah. I didn't go
0: camping like you, but I could, I could take another good. couple of weeks, but you know, Hey, back to the grind. So, okay, let me get so. back to the grind. Actually, maybe we should just uh, stick with the new year's theme for a minute. I came home and last night I asked Carrie and Beverly like, "What's going on in the world?" Because I don't know. And (laughs) Carrie, this New Year's Eve party you had me look at—uh, a little disturbing. Do you want to introduce it, or do you want me to show an article about it? I have got the video queued up, so we could watch the video.
1: Yeah, let's. Um, you can show an article if you guys haven't seen it. Just the takeaway. some neighbor in Canada called the police, called the police on his neighbor because they were having a New Year's Eve gathering of more than six people. How dare they? And the police came, and there's video we can watch. It, it's not very um, positive. <laughs> it, it's just shocking to see stuff like this, and I'm wondering, are we becoming nord to seeing this? Are we used to seeing this now? It's like... This is something that happens in the Western world. The cops can come to your house if there's too many people in your home and rough people up and arrest people. Are we OK with this? Yeah.
0: Well, we have we're building our own little Stasi. So this is we have, you know, neighbors informed the authorities. They snitched on the partygoers here. But let's here. we'll just play a bit of the video. I don't even know if we need sound, but I've got sound here. So let's see. I mean, this kind of goes on. It's just more of this kind of stuff going on for, you know, a few minutes. But these are cops basically pulling people. You can see pulling people out of the house. Um, here, there's this cop pulls this guy out of the house. Carrie, the thing that bothered me more than the video, although the video is bothersome, look at the immediate, some of the immediate reactions. Did you see these on Twitter?
1: No, I can only imagine. People were fine with it, aren't they?
0: Lots of people complaining about this, but the brave police have probably just saved thousands of lives with their calm and measured actions.
1: Thousands of lives
0: mm-hmm. saved. People were arrested mm-hmm. or given tickets, but no one lost their life. Isn't that supposed to be what law and order police should do? I'm sure the court system will also be dealing with the residents. Well, I, the thing, I mean, there's some people opposed to this, obviously on this.
1: This reminds me of the responses. We didn't cover this on the show, but there was another video out of Canada a few weeks ago where these guys were, um, ice skating outside on an ice skating rink. They were playing hockey, ice hockey, and the cops, someone called the cops on them. Actually, someone tweeted about it first and then called the cops on them. And the police came. They're outside, but because they're not wearing masks, they ended up arresting one of the guys. And did they use a stun gun on him? I can't remember. I, that, that but they, one, I don't know. But in the comment, the most upsetting thing about that one, same thing, was looking in the comments at all the sheep who are like, great job. Thank you. Thank you for going in there and, and busting this up. And oh. I, I just, it, it tells you a lot about people. You know, something, um, something my, I, I, my, uh, I go to this, you, you guys who watch the show regularly, you know, I have a a church now that I really love and I've been going since they've had their first service was, was in May. And the preacher yesterday had an excellent, we, we did an interview with him. If you guys want to learn more about him, his name is Bradley Helgerson and you can look in unsafe space for Bradley Helgerson. And we, we did an interview with him, but yesterday his sermon was on fire and um, one of the things he was talking about is he kind of referred to tragedy as being a blessing because tragedy exposes all of your weak points. Tragedy, tragedy adversity, struggle, it, it exposes all of your soft spots, and it also reveals things to you. It reveals truth to you. And it reveals things about people. And I was thinking just about the past year and how um, trying it has been for for us as a country as a you know uh as a community and even with all that struggle and all the adversity one of the silver linings i do think it's a silver lining is it showed me a lot about people oh yeah i learned a lot about people and i learned a lot about people some people that i know things i didn't know things i didn't know about them um it showed me who the cowards are the craven people who will stoop and bow and stand in line and will be okay with Gestapo tactics and will support the boot on the face—it showed me who those people are, and it also showed me who the strong people are. And so I am very grateful for that because without these trials, I, I wouldn't have known some of, I, I, I wouldn't have had this truth revealed to me about some of the people in my life.
0: Yeah, no, I think that is an excellent point, and a, that's a valid, it's a valid silver lining. I mean. A lot of people mouth off that they like liberty and individual rights or whatever, but one of my favorite things is to see when they're confronted with something that they don't like and sticking with their principles requires holding their nose and having something happen they don't like. And it's amazing how quickly people will shed their so-called principles. As soon as it's something that's inconvenient or that they don't like or something that's bothersome to them, suddenly, oh, that was just all talk. I meant it for these things, but not for me not for the things that bother me. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I – it is revealing. And, you know, anyone who's – anyone who's walking outside, walking their dog by themselves, a million – with no one around, wearing a mask is not going to be helpful in the revolution no matter what the hell they're talking about, no matter what they say. (laughs) Like, those people are not going to be helpful for for saving Western civilization. Uh, In fact – they will be the people pulling the trigger and shoving you on boxcars because it's an order.
1: And they're, and they're a waste of time.
0: I'm I'm growing, you. you
1: know, you know, I have this seesaw that I have of trying to maintain empathy for people who believe like all the social justice stuff I used to believe and trying to maintain empathy for people who have a difference of opinion about masks, mandates, or about lockdowns. And I'm trying to do that. But at the same time, it also feels like a monumental waste of time sometimes to even engage with these people because they're living in a fake reality. I don't even know what world they're in. It's it, it, we, we have tr- I struggle sometimes with even being able to have a conversation based in the real world because they're not in the real yeah. world. They're living in some narrative that's being, this propaganda that's being forced down our throats and they're just fully plugged into it. They're on the feeding tube you know, and I, I
2: don't,
1: (laughs) it's hard to get to, I always like to get to that base point of if we tear everything down, what's that base point of agreement. And I really like doing that with people who disagree with me in good faith and want to find that point of agreement as well. But so many of these people are not, they're not worth conversing with. I don't know. And I feel, I feel guilty about that sometimes, but on the other hand, no, it's time is limited. I don't have a lot of time to spend on people who are that deluded.
0: Yeah. One of the most valuable um, lessons I ever learned I mean, in my life was, was, not spending time with people. <laughs> it was like culling and being like, Oh, I don't have to feel bad. It doesn't mean that I don't, it's, just, it's not a moral condemnation of the person. It's just, I don't have time. Right. And, you know, yeah. I'm alive for only a certain number of years and then I die. So those, that, that translates to a number of minutes. So, yeah. Um, you know, I was thinking about this well, this story, Carrie, and I thought I might be able to identify something that we disagree about, which I always enjoy, but I'm not sure we'll disagree, so I'm going to throw it out there. Um, okay. I think, so this story to me is an example of why culture matters more than politics um, because there's a culture. Look, the snitches here in Canada should be ashamed of themselves, but if they are not in a culture that facilitates feeling shame for their behavior, they probably won't. Um, So they they feel pride. They feel pride. So I, I think what we, what we need, I'm not opposed to ostracism and shaming. I am opposed to Twitter mobs, but I mean, people, you know, personally, I don't mean like, you know, you don't try and get the person fired, but if you know someone personally in your life who does this kind of stuff, The way to save Western civilization is to shame them for bad behavior. It is to ostracize them. It is to say, this was bad of you. I don't like it. I don't want to hang out with you if you're this kind of person. You are not part of my community if you continue to engage in this behavior. That's how you police communities without force. So I don't – wait. So I, I would actually like to see these snitches, everyone in the building, just turn their back on the snitches and be like, we don't like you.
1: So you think I'll disagree with you? I think
0: so because sometimes I've said it and I think you get nervous that I'm talking about Twitter mobs. So I'm trying to clarify. I'm not talking about Twitter mobs or people you don't know going after you, right?
1: You draw a distinction between just like a personal choice not to engage with that person anymore and to tell them you don't approve of their behavior and then going and Getting a mob of Yeah, people it's like first-hand ostracism I, I versus like, second-hand
0: ostracism, right? Like, if you said to me, that person over there, you need to shun because of something. I'm like, well, I don't know anything about that person. You do. If you want to shun them, go ahead. But, like, I'm not going to pile on, right? That's the difference. Right. That's what I'm talking about.
1: Well, I, I, I don't disagree then We're not, because I that's the same thing. That's the way these okay. things should be handled, I think. And as you know, there's a – Recently, there was a person I decided not to associate with anymore and it wasn't a public thing until yeah. <laughs> they wanted to make it one, <laughs> like, but it was like, oh, I don't want to be around someone of your bad, your poor moral character. Um, that's the way I think those yeah. things should be handled. Uh, I, so yeah, I don't disagree with that. My my issue is when when you go out and you, you think that your moral judgment is then um, something that that you need to whip up a mob, and then and then you have people who are based on secondhand and thirdhand and whatever moral outrage, coming and trying to close businesses or trying to ruin a person online and and all that. And and then how do you? I think you kind of, I think you put yourself at risk of 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 getting off on the pa- the power that you think you have yeah. there and doing that. And and then you, it, it's almost like the. Um, uh, the book that we read for book club ordinary men, if you start to be so drunk on your own power and ego and you, you, I think you, I think then you could run afoul of, of thinking I'm on the right side of history. I'm doing this mob is a just mob and it's for the right reasons. And, you know, and, and, and then having a blind spot about, are you, are you doing, are you engaging in good behavior. Are you on the right side of history? I mean, that's what social justice warriors right. do. They think they think that it is a good thing for them to organize mobs and t- attack people's businesses. Right. They think that they are doing something good well, when they and, do that. And so,
0: yeah, no, I, I think that's uh, correct. And the caveat I'll say is, like, I don't even if I was personally these people getting arrested here, I wouldn't want the snitch to be forced out of a job, right? I would just want the sp- the the goal with with social pressure is to get behavior to change, not punish, right? It's to get people to change their behavior. It's not the it's not to seek retribution against them. It's to get them to change their behavior and conform to the standards of the community. So, if a community standard is you don't call the cops because we're having a six person six person New Year's Eve party, yeah. then you want yeah. them to you want them to recognize that they will not be invited to the next barbecue, right? They are not going to be. A welcomed member of the community. If they're a snitch, snitches aren't, uh, snitches aren't welcome. I'm not, not going to say snitches get stitches, but it's, I want to. But yeah, I I think no. that's what needs to happen. Um, and if this is making me think of something else, and I, I I'll be vague about it, but I think you're going to know what I'm talking about, Carrie. But we I don't want to talk about it publicly, and I'm sure you don't either. A, a while ago, when we first started, there was someone who had harmed a very close friend of yours. And you were like, well, I don't want, Mm -hmm. I don't want anything to do with that person. And, and I was like, well, I don't know the situation. I'm still going to have something to do with that person. I respect that you want to ostracize that person from your life, but I'm not going to ostracize a person. And it didn't cause a, it didn't cause you, you and I didn't have a fight about it or anything. It was just like, oh, okay. That makes sense. Move Uh, on. Right. Right. Yeah. I
1: almost forgot about that. Yeah.
0: Someone Um, says Carter's in charge of his HOA. Carter doesn't, (laughs) Carter hates HOAs. Uh, You need to listen more. You need to watch the show more if you think I'm even at HOA meetings. In fact, when we bought this house, we checked and there was, we checked to see, you know, you check to see if there's liens on the house or any encumbrances or anything like that. And there was no requirement to be in an HOA. But when we moved in, the HOA started sending us all these letters like, you're required to be in the HOA. Pay your HOA fees. You have to be in the HOA. You're part of the HOA. I just, have, I've ignored them for 10 years, 11 years. I am not, <laughs>
1: you're not in charge. Not part no, of the HOA. They can go um, F
0: themselves. Okay.
1: So, because I think it's related to the, the situation in Canada, and we're starting to see more of this happening in Canada, uh, like the ice hockey thing and like this yep. party with the cops coming in. Um, there was another story that I did see and this was the bill in New York. Oh, and the and the reason time. I bring it up is because it's because this is here in the States and I think I think if this bill passes in New York, it's going you were gonna see incidents like I'm this gonna pull happening that bill up here. as you're
0: talking carry Yeah.
1: Now this when I first saw this described online, somebody was comparing this to concentration camps. They said this okay, this bill basically is allowing the government at the governor's discretion they can set up covid concentration camps in new york and i was thinking that must be hyperbole that's got to be an exaggeration that can't be what's in this bill and then i read (laughs) the bill
0: so you're right (laughs) it is in the bill oh my god do you can you see this on your screen
1: yeah oh you can't i can't but with this new setup oh, as long yeah, as Yeah, we should fix it so that you, you can see it. that
0: too. I got to figure out this. But okay. We're That's good.
1: okay.
0: I'm, All right. So go ahead.
1: I've got it on my phone. So I have the bill
0: pulled up. Um it's bill Assembly Bill 416. Um <laughs> Okay. The Public Health Law is amended by adding a new section to 2020 2120A. To read as follows. So I'm just going to I'm not going to read the whole bill, but Removal and detention of cases, contacts, and carriers who are or may be a danger to public health. So this is authorizing the governor to remove or detain people who might be – might be a danger to public health. Now, I just want to – due to any communicable disease, I just want to – yeah, I want to point something out. Might be. All of us are dangers to everyone else. That's, that's, the world is a dangerous place. Uh, What some large percent of the population has herpes. There are diseases out in public that people transmit and get. Going to a store and being near any human ever. Is a risk. It's a small risk normally, but it is a risk. There is no – this language is so wide open. It literally authorizes any, anyone to be detained, anyone, because you can make this argument. And I know people are going to say, that's not how they intended it. They're just trying to stop COVID. It doesn't matter. Laws aren't used how they're intended. They're used by the worst possible person. To justify their actions. That's how this will be used. And the worst possible person, the tyrant that wants to use this law, can detain anyone. Because, by the way, we'll get to it. Whose judgment? In the opinion of the governor. Right? Upon determining by clear and convincing evidence. Now that sounds good, but keep reading. That the health of others is or may be. I have it, So you could say, I'm convinced that others may be. In danger, in the opinion of the governor, well, that undermines any kind of clear and convincing evidence. This is just flowery crap language. Here, convincing evidence, in my opinion. All the governor has to do is say, well, in my opinion, it's convincing. The end. Okay, done. Uh, May pose an imminent and significant threat to public health resulting in severe morbidity. Now, this was a weird one. I saw higher mortality and I was like, severe morbidity? What the hell is the definition of that? Do you know what the definition of morbidity is, by the way? I had to look it up. I want to make sure. The
2: morbid.
0: quality or state of being morbid. Okay, fine. And so this is an attitude. This is the number one doesn't matter. A disease state or symptom, ill health. The incidence of disease. This has nothing to do with like death. Morbidity sounds like this is a some sort of severe thing. It's not. It's just you might have some sickness and they severe is obviously a this is a, a a word that is not specific it's not exact it's a matter of opinion subjective the governor or his delegates not limited to wouldn't want to limit it not limited to all these other people uh, <laughs> may order the removal and or detention of whomever by a reasonably specific description of the individuals or group eh, is reasonably specific eh, close enough uh <laughs> close
1: enough description of the people who may or may not <laughs> right be a danger
0: yeah uh okay let's see uh such persons shall be detained in a medical facility or other appropriate facility or premises designated by the governor oh okay so whatever the governor deems appropriate again uh but this is like a recipe for Governor Hitler but okay here here we go um I know I, I, I broke the, the law about mentioning Hitler. Okay. Um, notwithstanding any inconsistent provision, uh, so this is so this is going to talks about how long you can detain them. Now, there's something interesting here. I noticed they talk about like, oh, don't worry. They 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 have to kind of, um, they have to let you go after you're not contagious. But if you look at this language, they have to let you go. If um, after the department determines that such a person is no longer contagious, well, there's no rule about when the department has to make a determination. So just as an example, not that it's the same thing because YouTube, I'm sure, is way more efficient than the state of New York is. But YouTube has had two appeals for copyrights, not copyright, uh, um, community guideline strikes sitting in purgatory for us for like three or four months um, so the, and they don't have any obligation to review them in any timely manner. There's nothing in here that says you have to make the determination within 24 hours or immediately or whatever. Nope. Just if you happen to determine it, then you got to let them go. And the same, the same is true. And for, you know, if they're not contagious, blah, blah, blah. It's all after the department determines. Then they have this, you can't, you can't be in for a period of more than three business days. By the way, three business days is a long time to have to produce any sort of uh, <laughs> justification for what you're doing. But okay, three business days. Um, and if they if they ask to be heard, then you have to you have to <laughs> file some paperwork, and then there's an additional commissioner's order to check out the paperwork, and then maybe a judge will rule. If it exceeds three, three business days, you have to get another order. You can request release if you want to. You have to make an application for a court order. Okay. Detention shall not continue for more than five days in the absence of a court order. Okay. So, but a court can just give blanket orders to the governor, I guess. But even five days. So the governor can throw you in jail for five days without a court. Um, notwithstanding the foregoing. In no event shall any person be detained for more than 60 days. Without a court order. Oh, that's scary because you just over here said it can't happen for five days. But it seems like there may be some loopholes. So you're wanting to make sure. Don't worry. It's not more than 60 days. But the governor's got 90 days to follow following the initial court order uh, to seek further review. Okay, this is and we're not going to read the whole thing. I just highlighted some some sections here. You have to be, you know, you have to behave well a person who's detained in a medical facility or other appropriate facility shall not conduct himself, him or herself, in a disorderly manner. (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) You better conduct yourself in a grateful manner. Yeah, don't be disorderly. This gulag, Mm -hmm. this COVID gulag. Um, This is not a super chat, and I've I've lost it, so I can't read it word for word, but I saw just, uh, there's a lot of people in chat today. Hi. Uh, Lisa, I think it was, was saying she could envision this being used in such a way where they're saying you know, if you have the wrong kind of opinions, you're, Absolutely. your mental health, we think your mental, yeah, we think your mental health may be something that could put the public health at risk, and therefore we need to lock you up. Um, Azor, who, who was in New York and said he's afraid of this, of right. course, of this passing, said, you know, they could, if this passes, they could use it for anything. They could say, guess what? We're locking up people with AIDS. Right. I mean, they're not going to. They're simultaneously... Weirdly enough, saying we're going to lock you up if we even think you might have COVID. Um, But they just passed a bill in California where you don't have to disclose to people anymore if you, your sexual partners, if you have HIV. But they could.
0: But look, the mental health thing is not, I know that sounds far fetched, but that's not far fetched at all. Um, They already, look at how they talk about, um, look at how they talk about YouTube rabbit holes right look at how they talk about people being radicalized they will say yeah such and such a person's mental health is is having a deleterious effect on these other people it's rattle, radicalizing them it's bad for the community they'll probably pull in the kids it's bad for the kids the poor kids uh and yeah they'll absolutely use this and you've already seen I forget what story this was but I've I've been paying attention to this this thing for maybe a year or so I've noticed the word health being thrown around, um, especially by Democrats. They'll talk about financial health being related to health or like anything they want is they just tack the word health on and suddenly it's a health issue.
1: They're saying, well, yeah, they're saying racism is now a public health crisis. And of course, what they mean by that is not racism as we define it being prejudiced or um you know judging or treating someone differently on the basis of race no no they mean their new postmodern social justice definition of racist and which is the word they use against anyone who doesn't agree with social yeah, justice yeah non woke people so it's a you and yeah so you and I according to the social justice new definition of racism you and I would be considered racist and therefore yeah, a threat to public
0: absolutely health. absolutely um so the, the only other things I want to mention about this before we you move on, it doesn't just authorize them to detain you. People will like like this one, um, without affecting or limiting any other authority. Of course not. Yeah, uh, the governor can, in his discretion, issue and seek enforcement of any other orders that he or she determines are necessary or appropriate to, de- to prevent dissemination or transmission. Of contagious diseases or other illnesses that may pose a threat. So that is wide, wide open. That's a wide open anything that they in their determination think might propose a threat, they can do whatever they want. That's what that says. Including, and then they have to, they have to uh they have to enumerate a little bit for you so that you know what you're gonna be forced to do. They can require testing, uh medical testing on you. They can require an individual who has been exposed to or infected by a contagious disease to complete an appropriate prescribed course of treatment, preventative medication or vaccination, mandatory vaccines, including directly observed therapy to treat the disease and follow infection control provisions for the disease. So, I, we don't really need to go over any more of this, but, Carrie, <clears throat> you really got me with this one. Showing I me mean, this one was. This. Uh,
1: this is insane, it's happening in the United States. Yeah. And I, I'm i curious, this is another one of those things where um, you can tell the difference between uh, liberals, actual liberals, and the social justice, woke, neoliberal, whatever, whatever they are, but they're not liberal. The people on the left, leftists, the people who've taken over the Democratic Party, you can tell the difference. There's If you value liberty, and freedom. If you're a true liberal, you would be speaking out about this. And I, I don't know, there are people like George yep. Takei has a huge following over 3 million followers on Twitter. He spent time in an internment camp. I haven't seen him talking about this. Not that I'm indicting him for what he's not paying attention to or not talking about, but he's someone I I plan on tweeting at him later today. I just want to see. Have you read this? Are you even aware of it? And what's your I'm, cur- I'm really genuinely curious. What's your opinion about it as someone who's talked about internment yeah. camps before? And, you know, what? Where are the liberals? Where are you?
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> few and liberals know, actually ever existed. That.
1: I'm just asking it. Yeah, but, you know, and if you are a liberal like myself who speaks out against it, you get called a right winger anyway. So that's why they don't they don't speak out against it because it's like, oh, that's seen as a right wing thing. And because the definitions of these terms have changed so much and because they use the word liberal to mean illiberal, they call themselves liberals and they're not. And so any of them, any people on the left who actually still have liberal values are afraid are afraid of of speaking true liberalism and of opposing something like this because they're afraid they're going to get tossed out of the group. You know, they'll get called, oh, they'll get called a right-winger too.
0: Yeah, well, uh, if your political opinions are based on what you're afraid of other people thinking of you, then uh, you don't matter. Um, Yeah. You're a coward. Let's do some super chats. I know they've been popping up on the screen, but I do want to read – some of them, uh, as they come in, so they pop oh. up now, they're popping up in real time, which is nice. So, we're not going to forget to put any up on screen, but we might want to talk about a few. So, um, Erka sent us love and sprinklings of sanity from Poland. <laughs> thank you, Erka. Yeah,
1: from Poland, wow, Judge Lott thank you. says,
0: Ladies and gentlemen, the wisdom of George W. Bush more seldom than not, <laughs> the movies give us exquisite sex and wholesome violence. That underscores our values. Every two child did. I will. I'm not sure even what that means.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it.
0: Uh, all right. Uh, yeah, the Every next time. one's rib Rotgut, if you've got it.
1: I'm not, doing them in order. Oh. I'm not doing them in order. Mundaniac says, happy new year. Tyranny seems to be all the rage yes. these days. Yeah, it does. Happy New Year. Thank you for the super chat. I'm just reading some of the ones I can see because now that they're up yeah. on screen, that's kind of cool. Um, exploding Prenny says, Cuomo spent 2020 targeting the Jewish population. This is important super chat. Thank you for this. He says, Cuomo spent 2020 targeting the Jewish population. Now this coincidence, dude. That's something I had not considered when I first read this, but um, I, sh- I shared it you know, to see what people thought about it, and immediately there were some people responding saying think about which communities are going to be targeted by this if it passes. And I was thinking, well, who's he targeted already with mm-hmm. the lockdown measures? The Jewish community. Christians, would say, like, Jew- Jews, Christians, the black community. There's a couple different communities that will feel this harder than others. Probably.
0: At the end of the day, though, authoritarians do come for everyone. So don't think just because you're not Jewish you're going to get yeah. get a pass um rib rot says we are blessed to have nature amen and a women (laughs) yeah we'll we'll, we'll get to that one but uh (laughs) let's see yes knit big and wash to shrink it magic that's cool sandy ken sandy ken says knit big and wash to shrink it Uh, okay
1: so here's my question about a hat like this how big and how do you get it the right size are you knitting something that's like this big and then, and then how do you know when to stop yeah, shrinking anyway, it? I don't know. Anyway, uh, it's magic. Two-way
0: self-defense law um, gave us one, <laughs> but I just mistakenly straight clicked and lost it. So it was on the screen. I apologize. I don't know what it was. I hope everyone read it. Mundaniac, you read Mundaniacs. Uh, Tara says,
1: right. says, why should I ever go to a doctor again? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Because you know, I think the other thing is that the people who support this stuff, or 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 maybe even worse, don't pay attention to it or don't care, or think we're oh, you guys are just overreacting. Those people, they don't they they seem they seem to not have an ability to project forward to where things could possibly lead. Like they don't have an imagination. They don't maybe. care. they
0: not so, to think.
1: But they can't. You can't imagine this leading to a scenario where. You, your doctors could be reporting you for. They any feel a lot of, of social pressure
0: to comply with the, a certain viewpoint about it, so they will dismiss anything that suggests that that viewpoint is incorrect without thinking, because a lot of these people actually are smart and they do have. I mean, look at look at Hollywood; they've got a lot of imagination. They can imagine lots of cool futuristic scenarios and write stuff and whatever, but. You, and and they can even write stuff about authoritarian governments, <laughs> but when it comes to, yeah. like, the specific application, they are blinded by their allegiance to their social group, and their social group is, this is the right thing, this is the political stance to have, these are the beliefs to mouth, mouth them, stop asking questions, and they just don't. They don't have – they I don't know if they don't have the – the self-esteem to stand against any of their friends or people around them, or they're lazy or what it is, but, uh, my guess is it's a self-esteem issue. Um, and so they're just in compliance.
1: I think part, well, I think part of it is self-esteem and social pressure and cowardice, but I do think part of it is a lack of imagination because like you said, they can imagine authoritarian governments, but it's like they have, they do have a blind spot when it comes to actually seeing it in the real world. And because they, their imagination is so limited to, um, like, for example, a lot of these people will say, and I saw them saying in 2016 when Trump was elected and I was shocked and I was one of the people, and I was still fully ensconced in my social justice online echo chamber at that time. And I was trying to figure out why he won too. And I was, I was I was just I was online a lot then reading what everyone was saying and having conversations. And a lot of people were saying um, they were making comparisons to Hitler and they were making comparisons to you know Trump's an authoritarian and and Trump is. And they did the same thing with The Handmaid's Tale. They tried to make it somehow about Trump and 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 they all rushed out and bought 1984. I remember news articles saying, oh, these leftists are buying 1984. Right. okay well, they didn't read it or they they put it on the shelf and invited their friends over for some Chardonnay.
0: So they could look at it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but their imagination is so limited and there's such a blind spot, they can't see the actual application of some of these things unfolding because it's not unfolding from the boogeyman they think it is coming from. It's not Trump doing this. It's not the boogeyman. Yeah, GOP but that's why I'm saying public. it's not like, a lack of imagination.
0: This, like they, th- yeah. their imaginative capacity is fully functional. It's just shut off for this particular thing. And it's shut off because of because of emotions they are emotionally dissociated they've emotionally shut down the, that part of their brain they don't want the truth they don't want to explore they don't want to imagine they can they're capable of imagining they don't want to imagine because if they imagine that it they know intuitively it leads them down a path of discord and disharmony with people in their lives so they don't does that does that make sense
1: Yes, well, I agree, yeah. It's like they shut off a part of their brain. Um, Okay, Andrew Joyner gives us a super chat and says, I, for one, welcome our reptilian (laughs) overlords. Thanks, Andrew. (laughs) Uh, Thanks. Thank you, Brian, for the super chat. Uh, Judge Judge Lott gives us another one and says, Carter, I swear to God, that's a verbatim quote from George W. Bush. (laughs) It makes me laugh.
0: Okay then, Judge Lott. Uh, (laughs) So the fact that I had no idea what it— meant is correct. All right. Um, Can we do Pirate Tomsky's Uh, here? Before any law is passed, you should think about how the worst possible person in the world could abuse that law. I I really want to pause on that. Um, (sighs) That is one of the most important things that you can do in terms of being vigilant about Government. I mean, if you do, I spent a long time in in cryptography and security. The way that you look at security systems is precisely that. You think to yourself, how can this go wrong? Because in a world of 7 billion people, someone will make it go wrong the way that (laughs) the worst, but like it will go wrong, however, it can go wrong it will go wrong. When you look at a law, you got to think how can it be misinterpreted? How can it possibly go wrong? And it, and doing that doesn't make you a paranoid freak. It makes you smart and vigilant. That's how you protect your constitutional republic is by being careful with the laws you pass and not just slopping some language together on a piece of paper and and you know, signing it because ooh, the covid scary. That's a really good point.
1: Yeah, it's um, you, yeah, you have to think about how it could this be abused, but I think so many people just take that label. Like you, you've talked about how they just slap public good right. on something. This is for the public good, and people just buy. They just swallow all kinds of crap as long as you put public good on the label. Here, it's right. for the public good. <laughs> I forget. Um, gosh, who was that? I forget who it was, but someone in our community once made the point that these authoritarians are very good at naming things and getting mass compliance by naming things. So they name they name this really racist social justice organization, Black Lives Matter, because Black Lives Matter is a great name. And and then. And then dumb people are like, but how could you oppose right. lives Matter? Do you not believe they matter? Of course I believe they matter. That's organization doesn't, I don't think. They're, they're two separate things. And somebody in our community pointed out, like, do these people only shop at Best Buy because they think it has the best buys <laughs> because of the name? <laughs> I will always remember that. I've used that a few times. I was like, that's great. Um, but that's how that's how they do it. Like public, But it's for the public good. How could you oppose yeah. it? it says, they say it's for the public good. Um, super chat from Joseph Oaks. This is just a little, just to switch gears for just a second. He gives us $10. Thank you, Joseph. And he says, Carrie, we took your idea to see um, the NYD oh, sunrise. Oh, New Year's
0: days. Your day.
1: What is NYD?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, New Year's Day sunrise from the top of a Ooh. mountain in Utah. It was cold, snowy, a three-hour hike and froze our butts off probably different experience for (laughs) texas and korea that is awesome i'm so happy a couple of other people shared pictures they did a new year's hike too and uh joseph you should know you're probably gonna laugh at me because compared to utah it may not be that cold but it was really cold where i was i was in lubbock it was freezing and there's no mountains there it's very flat and so we had to do uh, instead of doing a hike we just did a walk and it was so bitterly cold, but I was determined we're, we're doing this like last year. And uh, here's what I learned from it. You know, they say like whatever happens on New Year's Day, it's kind of this superstitious thing. Like you do the things that you want to spend the rest of the year doing or it's kind of maybe there's some symbology in what you're doing that day. So I was like, well, I think this symbolizes and we had to walk around Poop Park because it was so it was too cold to go to the lake. <laughs> Yeah. I'm like so if this is any indication of 2021, I think it was telling me that this is going to be a year of trying to appreciate uh make the most of difficult situations <laughs> even when it's not uh-huh. ideal. <laughs> and and to still What persivere. did you do last New Year's Day? Uh I'm I got up. That was the first time ever oh, okay. I've done this sunrise hike thing, like in Korea, and woke up at five a.m. and drove to um, like a little a mountain hilly a hike area region in tech, in Austin. And before the sun came up, started hiking so that when the we were at the top, when the sun did came did twenty twenty reflect beautiful. your new year's There waterfall day
0: on January first.
1: In some ways, <laughs> yes. I mean, it was still a trying year. But yeah, it was a beautiful, look, here's the thing about, I was talking about this with someone, someone who just had something really beautiful happen in their life, a friend of mine. And we were talking about how this year was so trying and, and so much crazy dystopian authoritarian crap being pushed down our throats. But at the same time, it's what we were, what I was saying to you at the beginning that my preacher was talking about, about the silver linings of, of, of hard times. I learned a lot. It revealed a lot. And then, and then I think, I think hard times create opportunity also and opportunity for personal growth and for getting your crap together, getting your crap together in your life and figuring out what's important. And um, I mean, personally, on a personal level, 2020 was great for me in a lot of ways. It was really trying in other ways, but you know,
0: I was just wondering if you spent New Year's Day locked in know. your house wearing a mask or something. It was last year, foreshadowing. <laughs> last
1: year, no. <laughs> I was all enthusiastic. I was like, yay! It's going to be great! It's here!
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Andrew, Joyner, Andrew Joyner says, I found critical theories a little heavy going, but the last two chapters sum up the issues really well. Cool. Well, I haven't started, but cool. I imagine it's not light reading. Cynical theories? Uh, so that's not surprising. Uh, let's see.
1: Uh, Twee Girl, Girl gave us a super chat and says, Canadian citizens have been begging for this tyranny. Yeah, that, that's crazy. That's what I've seen in the comments on these things. Have been begging for this tyranny, bought and paid for by the Trudeau, quote, liberal, end quote, government via taxpayer-funded wage subsidies. That's the craziest part is seeing seeing people, seeing human nature, seeing people beg for this stuff and go yeah. along with it. Well,
0: and... that's the, I mean, I, sometimes it's weird how complex issues, we think things are so weird and they've gone, they, we've gone so astray as a country and things are so complex, they couldn't possibly be distilled into any kind of aphorism. And then you get back to like stuff that supposedly the founder and father said, like, well, uh, what's the, I'm paraphrasing, but you know, people who who give up a little bit of freedom for some security get neither or whatever that quote is it's like okay like you deserve deserve neither you get neither like that's that's what's going on at a high level i mean if you have to just write it down in one sentence that's what's happening uh we're exchanging our liberty for security so uh it's not a bad analysis judge lot go ahead it's
1: it's fake security, like you said. You get right. neither. It's right. fake it's the, security. It's the
0: promise of security and is what you're getting. Yeah.
1: You're putting you're putting your faith in man. You're putting your faith in government. What are you What are you What are you demonstrating with your behavior that you have faith in? You think man is going to save you? You think the government is going to save you? you so. You? you think these measures are saving you? Yeah.
0: Someone in someone in chat mentions Viktor Frankl. If you haven't read *Man's Search for Meaning* and you're interested in, uh, if you're interested in like hard times and adversity, um, and kind of its maybe the silver linings, but also the the psychological impacts of it and how to, you know, what maybe gets you through it. *Man's Search for Meaning* is a good short little book, uh, which is Viktor Frankl about his experience in um, World War II concentration camp. So thanks for the mention. I don't remember who mentioned that, but I saw it scroll by. Judge Lot says, don't forget, boys and girls, during prohibition, the federal government intentionally poisoned supplies of alcohol and then allowed it onto the black market, all in the name of the public good. <laughs> yeah. Well, as Keith, as Keith also points out, Keith the Hat Guy says, there is no such thing. I don't know where his super chat is, but he said it. So oh, here, the public good does not exist. No such thing, he says. Yeah. I, I, people hate when you say that but they also all you have to do is say well, what's the public good? No one can ever answer that question. I've never met anyone who can answer that question. They don't it's like what they feel. Well, I feel like this is the public good. The num- the best number of good for the most number of people. Okay, what's good? <laughs> like it's so moronic. There is no there is no definition of it. You can't define public good. You don't get to decide what's good for people. You don't know what's good for other people. You can't know what's good for me and Carrie or anyone else. Like you barely are able to discern what's good for yourself half the time. I have been
1: saying a lot of right. people don't
2: even know what's good so for So this themselves. idea that
0: like there's a public <laughs> good and that's this objective criterion and we can use it. And like obviously that's the answer to everything. It's, it's, like, it's, it's like you're saying the answer is unicorns and fairies. They don't exist. It's not an answer. The public good isn't an answer. It's a it's a it's an evasion. It's an evasion packaged into two words that allows authoritarians to do whatever the hell they want. Uh,
1: sorry. You're on fire. To today. About. All right, okay. Let's do Penumbra Syndicate
0: <laughs> and then I think we're close to being done with super chats.
1: Penumbra Syndicate says, uh, did anyone see the Kurt Eichenwald tweet from New Year's Eve about how Jesus hates modern Christians. Uh, they are coming for our faith this year insanity no i did not see that tweet um but i've seen sentiments like that from What do non-believers they mean by it, where just, they want to like, try i'm not sure what that yeah well i've seen non believers uh i think charlotte Clymer is another sjw i follow who who is always um who's not a believer but who who claims to speak on behalf of god i always find it funny when people claim to speak on behalf of god and uh, it's so arrogant, especially when you don't even believe in that faith and you don't believe in that God. And they and they will come in and say... Um, it, the idea is that they're trying to say that people who have faith in Christ and, and who believe in trying to um, behave in the way that Christ modeled, that that's the best way of approaching life, they're trying to say that those people are hypocrites and that they, they don't actually um, comport themselves in the way that Jesus would, and that Jesus would hate them. Um, that's what they're trying to say, because like from an SJW's point of view, they would say, um, well, if you are a church who, uh, okay, for, here's an example. Oh, this is, this is something I was reading about this show, uh, fixer upper, which is, I guess, a really popular show, and it's coming back soon. It's uh, it's it, Chip and Joanna Gaines. I I know some of the knitters probably know this show, but I've just recently this. been learning about it. So, they it's a huge show, and they they're based in Waco, Texas. And it's so popular, it's so popular, Carter, that a couple years ago I heard Waco became the number one tourist destination because in Texas of this show? ahead of the Alamo because of the show, all these uh, women who get on buses and go down there and go to their Magnolia bakery and then look at all the houses that they fixed up. I mean, it's huge. They built an empire and they're coming back with their own network called Magnolia Network now, and they're going to bring the show back and everything. It's huge. So I was reading about controversies with them recently, like you do. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I was like looking up stuff. And a few years ago, they got attacked by the mob. And I kind of remembered this. I just wasn't I think I might've even been SJW at the time. I can't remember. I just wasn't that clued into it and I didn't really pay attention. But they got attacked because their show is like a huge hit. They're big stars, I guess. And they, um, somebody, and the, of course the legacy media dug up some old sermon or something from the preacher of the church they go to. where the, And they were like, oh, their preacher is a homophobe and a bigot. And and so they tried to tar it them and say that they're homophobic and they hate gay people and stuff. So I looked into it. Their preacher does not hate gay people. <laughs> Their preacher is not a homophobe. First of all, you're not even talking about them. You're talking about someone else and trying to ring them up for what someone else believes. Okay, but let's look at what he said. No, he he stated the what the Bible says about marriage being between Christians believe marriage is between a man and a woman. This is what the Bible says. It doesn't mean they hate gay people. And in fact, he released a statement after the fact saying you should come to our church. There's like, we, it's welcome and open for everyone, you know, gay people, straight people. We don't, and the, and the gains, I guess Chip and Joanna Gaines had to release a statement and they were saying, we don't look at you. You don't understand Christians. Like we don't look at you and say, we're going to treat you this way because you're gay and this way because you're straight and this way because you're black and this way because you're white. You are a fellow human being. And if you're a believer, we believe you're, you are a child of God and we're not looking at you that way. That's something you're trying to put on us. Right. And um, why am I bringing this up? Oh, okay. So social justice people look at that. They look at this idea of what's considered a sin in the Bible. Right. And if you Try and stay to if if you say I believe what the Bible says about sin, and sexual immorality when it comes to um, uh, 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 homosexual sex. If you believe that, then they say, well, then you you must hate gay people. Well, guess what? They people who believe that also believe that sex outside of marriage, that straight sex outside of marriage, is a sin. They, they believe that adultery is a sin. They believe having sex before you're married to a person is a sin. Do it's, do, do they hate everyone who commits those sins, if you believe that's a sin? Do, why don't the social justice people rail against that and say, oh, you're an adulter-phobe, adultery-phobe, <laughs> or Maybe you're a, a this, you know, like they don't. They, they just focus on that one thing and they try to paint people as um, as bigots. And they say they say Jesus wouldn't be big. Jesus wouldn't hate gay people. No, Jesus would not hate gay people. He does not hate gay people, and neither does that preacher, who says that he believes biblical marriage, according to the Bible, is between a man and woman. You can't you can't say you can't put beliefs in his mouth and his heart that he hasn't said. This is a little nitpick of mine. I'm sorry. I'm going off subject, okay. but but that's why that uh, um, that's why that tweet or or whatever that I didn't read from Kurt. When he's trying to say Jesus would hate modern Christians, no, you are trying to act as God when you tell people this is what God would think about the Bible, that about His own words, about about the teachings um, in the Bible. Um, I'm not sure if I'm—I haven't fully thought—you're watching me in the process of trying to figure out what I think about something, which is sometimes messy. I apologize, guys, but it makes me—I find it so arrogant. It's so arrogant. It's like standing in the place of God, this Kurt Ekenwald person, Ekenwald person, and standing there and saying, Jesus would hate you. Well, I,
0: um, I'm not even a Christian. The, the whole thing is just— some things don't need to be argued with; they just need to be laughed at. And to me, this is just like you went to a church where a guy said this one thing, and therefore I'm like, I, you just need to be laughed at. That's just a stupid thing to say. It's it's ridiculous. It it's not. If you stood up in, I would imagine if it, in junior high school debate club, if that was your argument, you would get laughed off the stage, at least in any kind of reasonable school, which maybe doesn't exist anymore. Like it's it's just stupid. It's just a dumb. It's not even worth exp- – I, t- I don't know. To me, I look at that stuff and I'm like, it's not worth explaining. If you, if your argument is you went to a church where the guy once said this thing that I'm going to construe as hating gay people, it's like, uh, uh, okay, can you, we just, just delete your Twitter?
1: No, and and – <laughs> okay, let me try and – and let me take another stab at this. Somebody says how high is Carrie. Uh, funny – not high at all. I am sober. Thank you. But uh, I understand. This is what I sound like when I haven't fully. I haven't had this conversation with Carter before, and I haven't fully figured out how to articulate what it is that's in my head. So I'm trying. Um, and then l- let me let me take this. This is not a super chat either. But Alexander says, "Carrie, that is homophobic." No, it's not. Let me try and explain what I'm it, it, so what I'm saying, so you can at least understand me, even if you don't agree. Okay. The God-hates-fags people, what is that, the Westboro mm, Baptist yeah. Church? Those people are homophobic. Those people demonstrated through their behavior and their words and what they put on signs and how they picket gay funerals and stuff. Those people are deeply homophobic, in my opinion. They hate gay people. They have a problem with gay people. They are bigoted towards people who are gay. Okay? Okay.
2: I we can so. at least agree yeah. on
1: that Alexander I'm sure hopefully hopefully someone saying I believe in that the Bible is the truth and it tells us the way that God wants us to live and I agree with what the Bible says about sin and the different kinds of sin and one of those one of those things being uh homosexual sex another of those things being adultery another of those things being infidelity another of those things um uh being uh drunkenness to the point like like the bible's not against alcohol for example but it is against drunks like people who it's who against use abuse it, of alcohol um, not drunks. to the point of against the abuse of alcohol right there's all kinds of things that all kinds of sins is my point um saying that you believe those things are sins is not does not mean that you hate people who engage in any of those things. And, uh, and I, I didn't understand that when I was for like uh, more than 20 years of my life, I didn't understand that. I, I easily bought into this thing of like, well, if you believe that biblical marriage is between a man and a woman, then you're a homophobe and you hate gay people. That's what I thought. I don't believe that to be true now because I understand I understand that that someone is looking at the Bible and saying, I cannot be arrogant enough to say, well, the Bible got this part wrong about this type of sexual immorality.
0: Yeah.
1: If, if you disagree with me, fine. I just hope I'm explaining it well, and I'm probably not. And I'm sorry, Carter. I took us on a long okay, rambling. I mean... Anyway, I'll get better at it. I have to figure out, yeah, how to look,
0: talk about I, it, I, it's the childish it's a childish mentality that says if you disagree with if you if you condemn anything i'm doing that means you hate me right this is the same mentality that you see in the trans community not the general trans community but the the like the trans activists uh,
2: social, social justice.
0: justice trans community where they'll the, you're erasing my existence right you're you're denying my existence right that they everything is hyperbole Everything is taken to this crazy extreme. It's not taken to those extremes because they actually believe that's true. It's taken to those extremes because they do not view, as we've said before, they don't view words as relating to reality. Words are not about the truth. They're not about clarity. They're not about communicating facts to people. Words are simply a tool that they use to bludgeon you with to get you to fall in line with their political agenda. So homophobic is a good bludgeon. And it works against a lot of people, and so they yell homophobic. They point to anything. Hey, the Bible says that this thing that gay people do is a sin. Okay, uh, therefore, bludgeon, 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 bludgeon. That they're just—they don't—they're not trying to make an argument. They're just trying to intimidate through language. And I think I think it's a distraction to get argumentative with it's just a bludgeon. It's just a. It's just. The Bible says lots of things are are sins. Like as you pointed out, premarital sex is a sin. Like are they going to just run around yelling at
1: The Bible basically says any kind of sex that's not happening in your marriage in a marriage between a man yeah. and a woman is a sin. So, I mean, does that mean that Christians hate everyone because everyone sins? No. That's the whole point. I think. I think people and, and myself. I say this because I didn't used to understand, and I would hear this saying, um, you know, that Christians are taught not to hate, not to hate the sinner, but to hate the sin. And I thought, oh, that's just a trite excuse and a blah blah blah. But I understand what that phrase means now. Um, do I, I, mean, <laughs> I look? I sin. Do I hate myself? No. <laughs> Do I? I, used I mean to. look i
0: no, no mature adult can can no mature adult can fail to separate those two i mean has your kid any ever done anything that you dislike does that mean you dislike your kid no like th- those aren't the same thing no one no mature adult on the entire effing planet thinks those are the same thing and neither do the social justice warriors who are saying it they're just saying it because it gets under your skin that's all that that's the only reason they're saying it because it works they they would say bliesel Blagglefob if they thought that worked they just they're just word they're just sounds they just say sounds the sounds work then they're done they're not trying to make an argument they're not trying to argue anything They're just trying to hit some syllables that cause you to vote for Joe Biden or whatever the hell they want you to do. That's it.
1: Yeah. Well, okay, so uh, thank you guys for letting us engage in uh, (laughs) trying to figure out my thoughts on this. It's not often – look, we're called unsafe space, and sometimes we don't – a lot of times Carter and I are in agreement, and a lot of times we're talking about things that I've already spent time formulating my opinion on, and I'm able – I've, I'm practiced at articulating it. I'm not very practiced at articulating this. It was something I was just thinking about over Christmas when I was reading about this uh, this controversy with the uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines. And so anyway, thanks for letting this be an unsafe space <laughs> where I can stumble through what's in my head and try to put words together that make sense to that help me to explain it, even if I didn't do a great job this time.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. All <clears> right. <throat>
1: Speaking of hey, this would be a great transition. It, it, into
0: it, amen. it would be, but <laughs> I, someone someone said something in in chat. I want okay. to mention. Dion says uh, that is why Jordan Peterson says you don't let your kids do anything that makes you dislike them. For the record, I disagree with that advice from Jordan Peterson. Uh, I I think you you don't you let your kids do things that make them unlikable, but you tell them this is unlikable and there's consequences. I don't want to hang around you when you're doing that. I don't like. That doesn't make me want to hang out with you. I'm not going to like it doesn't make me want to be nice to you. Whatever it is, like they if you prohibit their they they need to experiment to figure out what's what is likable and what isn't likable. And if you just don't let them do anything unlikable ever, you're you're a little bit of a control freak. You you just need to like let them fail. Let people dislike them for their behavior. Express that you dislike their behavior when you dislike their behavior. They will figure out that in order to have the relationship that they want, they need to not continue doing whatever behavior it is. But I'm not exactly sure what he meant by that, so maybe I don't completely disagree with him. Maybe he's kind of saying the same thing in different words. I don't know. All right. Keith the Hack Guy says, Knitting podcast fact check. Knit huge. Keep washing until it fits. I have witnessed this process. Grace made me super warm, felted slippers. Her design. Okay, so that is the process. Thank you, Keith the <laughs> Hack Carrie, how did this turn into a knitting podcast?
1: Yeah, it's been it's it's out of a couple more super chats. Can we do
0: legalized adulthood? Um, Have you seen that one?
1: No, you go ahead. I was just going to say Alexander says, Carrie, don't get mad at me. I'm not mad at you. We can disagree. And in fact, like I just said there, but thank you for allowing me to think out loud. So you helped me.
0: Uh, Did you ever watch the 90s TV show Nowhere Man? Oh, this was legalized adulthood. Did you ever watch an EDCV show, Lower Man, with Bruce Greenwood? Yeah, I mentioned it the other day. Uh, in fact, and, and I mentioned it, and there was like crickets in chat. No one had ever heard of it. So thank you, Legalized, adult, legalized Adulthood. Uh, it's a dystopian conspiracy theory show regarding near-omnipotent bad actors. Unfortunately, prophetic in some regards. Yeah, I liked the show. I think I have it on like a DVD box set somewhere in a closet. But uh, I haven't seen yeah. It. Uh, all right. Next super chat, I just want to get through. I know we're missing reading a couple online or out loud. Uh, I apologize, but they are showing up on the screen.
1: There's a lot of people there today. I'm scrolling through. Cheeky Mare.
0: Hey, Cheeky. Cheeky says, speaking of thought process, I was thinking late one night. If I'm she, her, shouldn't it be they, there not them to be grammatically correct? (laughs) Or am I trying to make something illogically logical? I think it's the latter. You're trying to make sense of something that uh, is not meant to make sense. But, yeah, I like it. I like
1: it. the way your brain works. <laughs> Things that keep you up at night. <laughs> Things that keep you up, uh, up at night, yeah. Let Freedom Ring America
0: says, Hi, guys. Been a while since I have been on. Missed you guys. Thanks for the mug. Love it. Leftists oh. still suck. Yes, they do. Let Freedom Ring <laughs> America. <laughs> and Merry Christmas. Uh, and also... What's up, nittas? Oh, says Legalized Adulthood. So just rubbing it in a little bit. Okay. Uh,
1: Joseph says, I like your channel. Well, hello, Joseph, and welcome. Um, that's not a super chat, just reading out a few of these. There's a lot in here. Legalized Adulthood, this is a super chat, says, what's right. up, my <laughs> nittas?" <laughs> and... Uh, uh, Let's see. Somebody is asking Keith is asking for someone to design a knit felted conceal carry bag for an <laughs> AR15. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> I imagine that's hard to fit. Nice. Do you uh do you do you wash it around a mold so that it's shrinking to a particular mold? I imagine you must do that.
1: I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea.
0: Let's do something okay. else. Yeah.
1: Let's talk about yeah, let's talk about the amen and a woman because this cracks me up, and this. Will be I, ha- I think I have kind of it. Uh, on, I have
0: it queued so up, funny. so we can we can listen if you want.
1: Um, if it's if it's not too much Christian talk for one episode, sorry, atheists. Just one other quick thing from my preacher's sermon yesterday. He was he was reading this really great um, set of verses in Proverbs about wisdom, and he was talking about foolishness. And one of the things I left there thinking about was how he he was sort of saying um, you need to we need to point out foolishness. Like first you have to point out the foolishness before you can get the antidote. And I was thinking about social justice ideology and how foolish and stupid it is and how dumb it is. And sometimes people I will get pushback or criticism online when people are like. You know, if if I share something about like, look at this, like what we're about to look at, look at this foolishness. And they're like, yeah, we know it's out there. We don't have to pay attention to it. I'm like, no, we do kind of have to pay attention to it and make fun of it and make jokes about it. Because much like what you were talking about earlier in the episode, Carter, that's the way that you um, change the culture socially. Like, yeah, you're heaping yes. shame on these people for being so dumb. We're heaping shame on this ideology for being so dumb and we're making fun of it. And you have to point out how foolish it is before people realize they need an antidote for it. You just can't, you can't just come in with the antidote right away. You have to say, here's the problem. Look at this ridiculous belief system. (laughs) Let's keep looking at it. Let's look at where, how much, how far it's gone, because it, there's no brakes on it yet, guys. There's no brakes on it yet. Um, And unfortunately, I think we're going to have to keep laughing at it for a while and laughing at it is better than getting mad about it. So This is very funny. Yeah, I'm not –
0: by the way, I'm not – you know me. I'm not against actual (laughs) debate if they're trying to make an argument. But sometimes it's not worth your time. And I think this is one of those times when laughing is just appropriate. (laughs) So – All right. Let's let's see if I can pull this up (laughs) here. Uh, All right. This is Representative Emmanuel Cleaver. We're going to listen to – he's leading a prayer – the opening prayer um, for the House of Representatives. Amen and a woman, Carrie. Amen. Amen. And a woman. I, honestly, when I first saw that, so I was like, where's the rest? A man and a woman what? Is there? Is there more to that sentence? A man <laughs> and a woman walk into go, a bar? Like what, into a what?
1: bar. <laughs> yeah, yes, like,
0: that's where Oh, no. Oh, someone said no sound. They didn't hear um, so the sound. I, oh, I didn't hear it
1: that oh, didn't hear well, That's either. weird because I, just I heard it. Was just
0: I, mean, you know but... what? I apologize. I will figure that out. I thought it worked. It worked last time, right?
1: Well, okay. So we will figure this out for future episodes, but basically this is a video of uh, the Democrats opening Congress with a prayer, and at the end of the prayer they say, amen, and a woman. Um, and <laughs> this is so dumb. I can't believe that it needs to be pointed out, but yeah. it obviously does need to be pointed out. Uh, Matt Walsh, Walsh tweeted about this and said, um, you know, just to make—just so you know, amen is a Latin word that means truly or so be it.
0: It's actually and originally he Hebrew. It just means truth, truth people, right?
1: Yeah. I, I, yeah. So so some people corrected him and said it actually originated oh, in Hebrew. Then it passed through the Greek and the Latin into English usage. But it has a meaning. Um, but it has, a meaning, has nothing to do with man— or men it's not a
0: gendered word
1: biological men <laughs> it is not a gendered word a woman he says is a nonsense word that means nothing and he said they will find a way to make everything stupid and nonsensical <laughs> utter clowns <laughs> all of them yes and this needs to be mocked it's ridiculous some of the best responses I saw one of them said somebody said uh, it should have been a man and a <laughs> oh, that's, woman. that's
0: correct <laughs> A man and a trans woman are the same thing. Oh, no, I didn't. Um, <laughs> oh. That's I know. I made an joke inappropriate joke. Wait, and I'm going to do something else inappropriate. <laughs> I'm going to try again because I think I fixed the sound issue already, and I'm really curious to know if I did fix the sound issue. So we're going to play the, the last little bit one more time so you can hear him in all of his glory.
1: Of The monotheistic God, Brahma, and God known by many, Names by many different faiths, a man and a woman
0: there you go I bet you heard it that time oh you didn't, oh, I didn't well maybe so, if okay. no one if no one heard it then then uh, I failed and I failed twice yeah they it, worked. it worked okay. it
1: worked for them um so this is Everybody point and laugh, somebody says in chat. Yes, everybody point and laugh. This is ridiculous. And I had a lot of fun reading what people were saying in comments. There were some really funny ones where people are just taking all these different words that have man and woman in them and uh, turning them into and just taking man and putting woe in and it gets ridiculous and it it i love this kind of humor because it's kind of silly it's kind of pun it's kind of wordplay it's a little bit of dad humor um but it really makes it's a silly fun way of making fun of this absurdity that's happening in congress that's happening in, congress, that's happening in our culture at the moment and uh somebody said oh marie busky she might be in chat today She said something about how this was um, mental illness. And I was like, don't you mean (laughs) woman? Exactly. You
0: can do that for (laughs) everything. How dare you?
1: (laughs) You can do it. Somebody said, uh, well, now that you've. Oh,
0: why bother just said ramen? (laughs) (laughs) Raw woman. Yeah.
1: Oh, I see. Uh, Here we go. There was one that really made me laugh that was like outside the box because it took me a second to get it. Oh, Alan. Alan said a woman. He spelled it like womb. A woman. A woman. A women. And then he put a whim away, a whim away, a whim away, a whim away in <laughs> the jungle, the mighty jungle. <laughs> that was a long build up, but it made me yeah. laugh very hard.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well that's the world we okay. Yeah.
1: Absurdity. This is absurd. They're taking over. Is...
0: These are the. This is the guy that was asked to lead the prayer for the House of Representatives. They are your overlords are morons, and the faster that you realize that, the Moron. better off we'll all be. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, these are the people that are, uh, uh, you know, writing and voting <laughs> on laws right. that we're supposed to live by.
0: You're not supposed to live A by woman. the laws, but they want you to. <laughs>
1: That they want us to. Uh, this is how a convoluted it gets if you start having this kind of fun with words. This, my friend said, thank you for mentioning this and for letting me calm woman on this. <laughs> I'm glad the Democrats are taking the womental energy to end their prayer like this. And I simply law woment how much even our language is dominated by men.
0: Yep. Well, it's like, uh, like anyway, they did with the word history, right? They changed it to her story. Um, probably a little more legitimacy in that, but still, uh, Carrie, I know, I know we want to go soon, but, um, I feel like we need to mention the Wednesday thing that's likely to happen that you brought to my attention also, because we won't be back for coffee break until Friday.
1: Oh, 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 so yeah. If you guys are in the chat, if you're planning on being in DC on January 6th on Wednesday, um, just mention it in the chat because I had some people from our community, unsafe space community, asking if anybody else from our community was going to be there. I'm not. Carter's not. But if you're going, just mention it in the chat and then maybe you guys can meet up with one another. Or uh, if you're in the Telegram, maybe we could put it in the Telegram um, just to let people – if you want to meet up with other unsafe space people, I know there's big – uh, big rally happening in D.C. I'm I'm gonna try and go to. There's one gonna be. There's gonna be one in other cities, and I'm gonna try to go to the one in Austin. Yeah, I
0: day. mean I, I don't. So on the sixth, which is Wednesday, Ted Cruz and some other senators are planning to object to the certification of the electoral college votes. Don't get your hopes up, people who. Are hoping that Trump will remain somehow. Uh, it's, nothing's going to happen of it. The the what will happen is if they object, the um, the joint session will have to meet privately. And in order for the the rejection to actually take hold, like in order for the votes to be sent back to the states to have the whatever states been objected to, in order for them to have to do anything, both the House and the Senate need to independently through a simple majority agree to uh, reject. so that's not there's no way that's gonna happen. So Wednesday will be a uh, symbolic protest but nothing's nothing's going to happen. Um,
1: I still like that there are people engaging in the fight and I was thinking about this. We just read in book club this past month we read uh, the Boon is a harsh mistress. For anyone who missed it you can if you're still reading the, i saw some people who are still working on the book mm. and go listen to the discussion when you're done um there's a part in this book where they're talking about um like one of the main characters says he's only going to get involved in the revolution if if the odds are good enough mm-hmm. if there's like a one in ten chance right which is a very pragmatic way of looking at it um and another character who i really like she says um here it is. I found. I found it. How did I find it? That was good. I didn't even. I didn't even plan this. It's highlighted. That's why. Um, so. So she says, "Revolution is an art that I pursue, rather than a goal I expect to achieve. Nor is this a source of dismay. A cause. A lost cause. A lost cause can be as spiritually satisfying as a victory. And I really, I really identified with that. Or that resonated with me because. I. I agree with that character. I understand the other character's point of view too. He says not me, sorry <laughs> but um, but I, I understand that because I do I do believe that the the path, the fight, the battle is is it, it is itself an end. It is important. it is meaningful. even to, even if you think that the battle you're engaging in is a lost cause, I think there is meaning to be found there and there's meaning to be found in fighting it rather than rolling over
0: absolutely and giving
1: up. And uh I do think there's a spirit there could be a spiritual element to that for people and engaging in that fight. So I'm happy people are going there. I'm happy that people are engaging in the fight, um, even if it appears to be a lost cause or a battle that's already lost.
0: Yeah, I wasn't saying and, that to like tell you to not yeah. go. Um
1: oh I know. Yeah. I, know. I just was- in
0: fact I remember in book club, you thought I would be the guy who wanted the one in some kind of odds to pragmatically join. But uh, no, I yeah. relate to Wyo in that story. Like I I would be fighting the revolution. Look, if we could be a libertarian government, I'd still probably be fighting for <laughs> some kind of change because I want things to be better and it's worth fighting for. So standing up for principles Start is fighting. always worth it. Um, Judge Lott, I want to try and read this. It might it's a little bit long, but Judge Lot sent a subscribe star super chat, um, and since we like subscribe star better, I would like to reward Judge Lot. <laughs> so thank you, Judge Lot. Uh, he says the following is a little complicated, but let me give it a shot. The original progressive movement in the U.S. starting around 1885 was far more economically left. It was basically co-opted by centrist elites, which began the era of technocracy. Technocracy, technocracy, around 1910. So instead of actual socialism, we live in a top-down, highly managerial oligarchy. Socialists said capitalism is dangerous. We have to do something. Big money and big business said, you're right, don't worry, we'll manage society for you. The recession panics from 1800 to 1920 gave the justification for this progressive takeover. Elected officials with no courage were more than happy to give them controls. This happened again when big finance gained control of the Democratic Party in the 1980s, making the Democrat and Republican parties almost identical. Recently, I've just witnessed corporate America, the federal bureaucracy, the military industrial complex, and elected officials adopt the woke religion. So three times in history, U.S. history, far-left movements and ideologies have been appropriated by the elitist, corporatist, and technocratic center. Carter, would you mind giving an analysis of this? Thanks, brother. Happy New Year. Yeah, just throw that one on me in the middle of a coffee break, Judge Law. <laughs> um okay i uh where do i start i don't know what leftism means and i don't know what progressivism means so that sounds like a cop-out but uh to me the leftist and progressive movements have always used bad corrupt concepts like the public good to justify some supposed ends that they want. So um, they have never been about individual rights and liberty ever, ever. Um, and it's like, so to complain that it's not socialism and it was taken over by corporate interests or, or, an oligarchy while that's true i agree we do live in somewhat of an oligarchy uh i mean just the, the frankly just the federal reserve makes that true um while i agree with that i don't think that um i don't think that there's another outcome i like that's socialists believe that there's this way there's this utopia where you'll never have those interests and somehow the the public good is is somehow some meaningful thing and we'll all work together, I don't know, on a labor farm somewhere. I don't know what they want, but that – it always involves central planning. It always involves some people with more power than others. It never looks at people people as individuals. It always presupposes the supremacy of the state and the supremacy of the collective over the individual. So fundamentally – they were they are collectivists, and they're painting a socialist utopia picture saying that collectivism will lead to this thing. and instead, it leads to uh, the inevitable oligarchy that we have. If you have a system that incentivizes bad behavior, then the worst behaving person rises to the top over time. That's what happens. So we have a system where and, and that philosophical system of progressive and progressivism, Allows the aberrate the that the violation of individual rights for some public good for some other greater cause. And the minute you have a philosophy that allows you to justify the sacrificing of individuals for the desires or needs of other people, you are dead. It the the end will always come out the way that we're seeing it now. It will always come out in some form of dystopia I have authoritarian dystopia and it comes in lots of different forms it can be the soviet union it can be china it can be nazi germany but it comes out and all of it comes out through the ju- the moral justification of sacrificing individuals for some greater good and that's the true evil that is the true evil and collective like leftists and progressives have never been against that evil because that is what they want, that's their justification for their utopia. It's just that their utopia, once you open the Pandora's box for that justification, their utopia never happens because it leads to a whole bunch of other problems. I hope that was a decent off-the-cuff analysis, but I'm not sure.
1: Okay. Um, someone in chat asked – this was not a super chat, and I don't have it in front of me, but someone asked if we were going to talk about how Congress is banning the words man and woman – and sister and brother, and, uh, I guess it kind of relates to them making up a word for the end of the prayer, amen and a woman. (laughs) They, um, I'm just going to read, I sent you an, a a Breitbart article about it. Uh, oh my gosh, it's Breitbart. Ah! Anyway, (laughs) I mean, I could find another source, but this is the first one that came up. So, uh, this is, I'll just mention it in case you did not hear, um, Mm -hmm. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Rules Committee Chairman James McGovern unveiled the rules for the 117th Congress on Friday, which contain, quote, future focused proposals, including the elimination of gendered terms, such as, quote, father, mother, son, and daughter, end quote. Uh, now, this is a quote This package, which will be introduced and voted on once the new Congress convenes, includes sweeping ethics reforms, increases accountability for the American people, and makes this House of Representatives the most inclusive in history, end quote, said the House Committee on Rules in a statement. Um, House Speaker Pelosi went on to say that she is, quote, pleased to join Chairman Jim McGovern in introducing this visionary rules package, which reflects the views and values of the full range of our historically diverse House Democratic majority, end quote. Uh, here's another quote. Thanks to the leadership of Chairman McGovern and our members, Democrats have crafted a package of unprecedented, bold reforms, which will make the House more accountable, transparent, and effective. Effective. Here are some adjectives that work. you will like. Yes, effective <laughs> in our work to meet the needs of the American people, said Pelosi. Uh, these future-focused proposals represent, reflect our priorities as a caucus and as a country, the House Speaker added. Okay, so here we go. Within the proposals are the creation of the, quote, Select Committee on Economic Disparity and Fairness in Growth, which would require Congress to, quote, honor all gender identities by changing pronouns and familial relationships in the House rules to be gender neutral. In Clause 8c3 of Rule 23, Gendered terms such as quote, father, mother, son, daughter, brother, sister, uncle, aunt, first cousin, God. nephew, niece, husband, wife, father-in-law, mother-in-law, son-in-law, daughter-in-law, brother-in-law, sister-in-law, stepfather, stepmother, stepson, stepdaughter, stepbrother, stepsister, half brother, half sister, grandson, or granddaughter will all be removed. <laughs> In their That's place,
0: inclusive
1: and their this is inclusive guys in their place terms such as parent child sibling parent sibling first cousin sibling's child sibling's child <laughs> sibling's child guys sibling's child spouse parent in law child in law sibling in law step parent step child step sibling half sibling or grandchild will now be used instead this is uh, going to make congress more effective on our behalf they're not going to use any gendered terms and they're going to get uh, less specific, more vague, anytime they want to um, talk about any type of familiar relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Congress.
0: <laughs> hey, they are spending your tax dollars wisely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just imagine, without Congress, who would do this?
1: Who would do the hard work yeah. and the heavy lifting? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, Gary, I don't know what to say about this. It, it's it's going to be great for women's rights. Uh, yeah. I think they should trickle this down to everything, and then suddenly, uh, women, any kind of protection that rights. women have for anything will just evaporate.
1: Women, they have to get rid of the word woman. It'll be great for human rights. Do you remember back? Do you remember back when? Again, this goes back to how I said we could play a game: is this problematic or woke? They. SJWs, especially the feminist part of SJWs, used to get very angry when people said, I'm not a feminist, I'm a humanist. They would get very angry. The same same way they get angry if you say all lives matter Mm -hmm. instead of just black lives matter. They get angry. They don't like you saying you're a humanist. They want you specifically to single women out and say, I am a feminist. And now they've come full circle to where woman is offensive. So I guess we're all humanists now. (laughs) Like, What? Uh, Human rights, not women's rights, right? This is why, if you've right lived guys? for
0: any length of time, it's hard to take these ideas, take like these people seriously. Because, like, yeah, they've saying this thirty years ago. This was a problem. Now yeah. it's now it's what they want. It's just hard to take any of them seriously. But I don't know. Okay, hey, this is your, this is your congressman. Well, Someone says, "How is first cousin gendered?" I don't think it's gendered, cheeky mayor. I think. First cousin is offensive because you're the first, and first implies best, and that means someone's second. That's a sad thing to come in second. That's my imagination. I don't know.
1: I guess so. Somebody says uh, Hugh Woman writes. They're going to make it Hugh Woman writes. Anyway, none of this makes any sense. Have a good laugh at it. Welcome to the new year, 2021. It's going to be a good year of fun and frivolity. Thank you guys for tuning in today.
0: We have a couple super chats we have to read. Oh, okay. Uh Christian Brother says, Benjamin Franklin stated, nothing can be said to be certain except death and taxes, and yet it's the two things many don't want to talk about. Religion and politics owe the bravery to believe. Yeah, well, it is the thing people don't want to talk about because they're afraid because <laughs> they don't have any basis for their opinions, so they don't want to get called out. Judge Lott says... Judge
1: Lot says, look yeah, on the bright side, unsafe space fam. The U.S. taxpayer is sending millions of dollars to create gender equity <laughs> programs in Pakistan. It's about time. 2021 is gonna be lit. Yep. yep. Thank you, sir. Thanks for the super chat. Um, right. I think
0: now we're done. Now we're done.
1: I think we're done. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Oh, actually, uh, we missed it, but Tatiana came in and said hello and Merry Christmas, oh, okay. and she liked her mug. Hello, Tatiana. Um... If it's your first time here, you've been watching our live show. We've had a couple of bumps today because we have new technology. Blame me. Um, we it's will fine. continue to improve. I, you can find us at unsafespace.com. We have a book club that's free to join and participate. We tend to alternate between fiction and nonfiction. This month we're doing Cynical Theories by Helen Pluckrose and James Lindsay. And you can find out more info on the on the book club page on unsafespace.com. But we're going to be doing that discussion January 24th. You still have time to read the book. Yep. And... Helen and James are going to show up in, in some capacity for that chat, which would be awesome. Um, this Wednesday, if you're not at a march or a rally, <clears throat> we are doing a live interview. We're, we're getting a redo with Gary from Nerd Roddick. It's going to be this Wednesday at 5 p.m. Texas time yes. live.
0: And it's definitely so, going to work this time.
1: It's going to work. We've got new tech. So I'm very excited. Tune in live. And then we have some other stuff coming out this week. We've got some pre-taped interviews and stuff we're doing. But um really appreciate you guys. And I hope everyone had a great, restful holiday and are ready to get into the new year with a good sense of humor. So
0: Well, Why Bother says he expects uh, – twenty or she, I'm not sure – expects 2021 to be even more mad than 2020. Let's brace ourselves for the ride. Well, could be. Could be. But, you know – Whatever it is, we'll be here, we'll ride through it and uh we will laugh at ridiculousness yeah. together. So Yeah. Carrie. It's good to Thanks, do a good to show do a show with you. It's been a while.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's good to see you. You're like I was gonna say you're like a, a brother to me and I didn't get to spend Christmas no. with you, my brother, but that's offensive. You're more like a sibling.
2: Of, <laughs> yeah. A sibling I'm,
0: a, I'm a first cousin. You're, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right (laughs) Uh, on that note uh thank you everyone for watching please don't forget to like subscribe and share i did not do new credits today sorry but i'll do them by friday so have a good one take care and we'll see you later bye carter thanks for watching See you there.
2: Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the cathedral. Pay no attention to it. For your protection, the following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and marked for cancellation. Any association with these individuals will result in placement on the naughty list and a lump of coal. Here's a fun fact. Failing to leave cookies for Santa Claus is now considered a form of fat shaming. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't think about it. I mean, that's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Did you know that distributing presents using a magical slide is unlawful without a valid license and may be subject to taxation? Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.